0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good morning. Welcome to Passion Church. For those of you that don't know, I'm not Pastor Norris. (laughs) Yeah, he's taller and I got a little bit more hair. (laughs) Right now I do. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I'd like for all our mothers and grandmothers, if that's possible, could you stand? Yes. Yes. want to say happy mother's day to all of you mothers and grandmothers and uh do we have any great grandmothers maybe you won't say nothing about that right <laughs> but if you are we honor you too you know without mothers we wouldn't be here and a lot of what we're going to talk about today has to do with everybody but i had to have an outline i had to send something in so um uh, Uh, I don't know if you got a paper when you came in, but it says four characteristics of a godly woman. Well, let me tell you, my wife can tell you there are more than four. But for time's sake, I had to narrow it down to four. Uh, You know, uh, uh, there's, there's not enough volumes of books that can be written for the good things that mothers are. Hallelujah. Before I get started, I know my wife don't know anything about this, but I'd like... For her to come up here, and this is the mother of my children, and I just want you to take like five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. it's on. Thank you, Jesus. You
1: know, when we, uh, I, I love this warning because <laughs> that when we're called. God calls us to a special place, not just as mothers, but as people. And, um, you know, if, if uh, you feel that uh, this is a coincidence for you to be in the service today, it's not. God, God designed it where you were going to be here to show up and, and to hear the word and to know what God um, has to say to you. Um, I don't know uh, all the things that each one of you have to face, but God knows. God knows where you are. He knows what you need. He knows who you are. Yes. He knows the burdens that you may be carrying. He knows the, the pain that you may be dealing with. And so today is your appointment. Today is your appointment. I believe God's going to heal a lot of people today. I believe he's going to bring you out of that pit. I believe he's going to walk with you through it. And, and, you know, we have on our wall at our house... Um, this big plaque that says, trust God. And every time, <laughs> every time somebody gets in a situation, we just point to it. You know, like like we're all, you know, uh, filled with the spirit and we always got everything together and all that. We know that's not true. <laughs> we're just like, okay, we're going to trust God. So I'm believing that in this situation today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what God has done, appointment for you today and um, as you release all of the weight you will feel a whole new spirit coming in the one that's going to fill you up the one that's going to give you wisdom the one that's going to design what God has to planned for you and um, I know this is Mother's Day and maybe I'm supposed to be speaking to mothers but I just feel like I shared with in my spirit what God has and so I love you all. I'm so happy to be here. You know, Sunday morning, hallelujah, we get to go to church. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the opportunity because, you know, Satan has a plan and he don't, he don't plan on us being in church. He will send everything across your path to put obstacles in your way for you to get here. And you're arguing in the car and you're, you're dealing with all these things and then we walk in church and we go, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, we have to have a different mindset. We have to have the mindset that the Lord wants us to have. And, you know, this last week we prayed about a certain situation. And I was like, mm, Lord, um, mm, no, I don't know about that. And, uh, and so I said, okay, Lord, you just give me a sign. And so whenever I <laughs> when I opened my Bible app, the verse on the screen was, how much more does he need to raise a red flag and go, hey, here's your answer right here. This is what you need to do. Be obedient. I'm like, Lord, but you know, this is going to, mm, it might affect a lot of people. And, but the Lord is like, I'm already going before you, paving the way. So I guess that's the message for y'all today. I love y'all. Thank you, Jesus, for anointing on this man while he preaches. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, I believe you're going to receive the word today. Amen
0: just take that back over there on that table right there alright this thing still on hallelujah God is so good Boy, I tell you what if everybody could stand up right now and give a testimony I'm sure you could think of one thing that God's done in your life maybe more than one thing right God is faithful God is faithful he's constant and faithful proven enable. able those are words from a song that I've really gotten in my spirit the last few days I've known it uh, I don't know if you've heard the song by Rhett Walker called good to me I'm not going to sing it I'm not a singer Heather's a singer good to see you Heather got two singers it's good to see you God is good Y'all, I'm just waiting on God. I've got some stuff written down, but I told the guy when he was typing it up, I said, I just had to write something down. I don't know where we're going to go with this. I know we're supposed to be honoring mothers, and I honor, I'm, I'm glad my mother bore me. You know, the devil tried to take my life when I was born. I was born with pneumonia, and had had stayed in the incubator for two months. The devil tried to take my life, but here I am. And I'm here only because of three women in my life, my grandmother, my mother, and later on my wife. When I'd spend the night at my grandparents' house, I'd, you know, I, I never have understood this, My my grandparents slept in different rooms. I could see me telling my wife, well, you sleep over there, I'm going to sleep in here. I'd have more room. Uh, But anyway, I, I could hear at nighttime when I'd get up and go to the restroom, and I had to dodge, you know, the heaters in the floor, walk around the heaters. But when I went by my grandmother's room, boy, she'd be crying out to God, calling her children and her grandchildren's name out. didn't understand it then because I was young my mother prayed for me for years and years that's why I'm here then later on of course my wife better pray for me she prayed a lot hallelujah y'all I'm still waiting on God okay oh by the way the six or seven minutes she spoke don't count off of my time right (laughs) I want to say uh pastor Norris I know you'll be listening to this message eventually I want to say thank you for uh, letting me come and speak. Um, I think this is the second or third time that I've been able to come here, and I enjoy it. This is family. I see quite a few familiar faces. Uh, It's good to see y'all, and uh, I just know that God is faithful. Yes. 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 Lord Jesus, I don't know who this is. Father, the burdens that she's carrying, the weight, whatever's going on in her life, Lord, I just release your peace into her body in her life may the full complete peace of God rest in her body hallelujah I don't know what's going on baby but I don't need to know God knows and he loves you and he cares I will look this storm in the eye I won't fear for you're by my side my first hope my last word now and forever let it rain let it pour I will sing you've always been good to me I didn't write those words but I love that I love it I want to recognize a couple of our very very close friends Richard and Colleen from our body a little body of believers we have in Talcy. we have home church uh, they're here and uh, our uh, daughter-in-law's mom is here and uh, hallelujah Also, one of my sons and his person is here, and he don't want me to point him out because... But he's here somewhere, y'all. And my grandchildren are, hallelujah, back in children's church. Praise God. Okay. Well, let's get started here, and we'll see what happens. You know, when I pray for the service as I've always done, as I was taught by my pastors. You know, there's sometimes when a pastor gets up and when he starts talking, he sometimes can get off on a rabbit trail and speak things out of the flesh, not that they're bad things, I'm not saying that, but uh, whenever I pray for a service, I say, Lord, let it not be everything that I say. But see, I pray that when the service is going on, that the Holy Spirit makes his way down every aisle. And you know what he's doing right now? He's passing by everybody. And the person that's receptive, he stops. And you say, well, how does he stop at everybody? You know what? I don't know all there is about God, but he has a way of doing it. But if you're not receptive, if you're sitting there thinking right now, well, what am I going to have for lunch? Wow, I'm thinking about lunch right now. Mmm, good old. Don't think about lunch right now. Now you're going to think about lunch, right? You, I, I just put it in your mind, right? Mm hmm. Well, the enemy has a way of putting things in our minds when you're sitting in a service like this, and, and our minds tend to wonder. And then we miss the things of God. Four characteristics of a godly mother. Like I said, there's more than four. More than four. But I had to give it a title. I had to make some notes. You know, my wife was saying in in our living room, we've got these metal plaques that we had made somewhere and there's different ones but the one that says trust God you know when when the Lord spoke to us about the church that we have in Towson years ago when we started it's been 10, 11, 12 something like that 11 years thank you Um, at that time me and my beautiful bride were um, well before we started the church we had some rough roads it was my fault I blamed her but it was my fault God had to get a hold of me because I was blaming everybody for my problems Lord make her right and I'll be okay no he had to get, get in touch with me but uh, I was going to my pastor and you know God you know pastor what do I do what do I do This, you know I, I've got to do something he said hadn't you done enough Hadn't you made enough promises? And he would tell me, just trust God. Just trust God. And at that time, I knew trusting God, but I said, I know trust God, but I got to do something. There's got to be something I can do. No, Michael, don't do a thing. Don't say, don't tell her you love her. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just trust God. Just take your hands off of it. You know, the hardest thing for us to do is to take something that we're facing and lay it at the foot of the cross and walk away. And walk away. We walk away, but what? You know, God, I know you're going to take care of it, but um, don't you need my help? because I know the situation God no he kept pastor kept telling me just trust God just trust him and I don't know if I said anything about this last time I was here but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to get into all that this is about moms and about everybody really but um, you know God came to me in, in, in one night and she was in Georgia with the kids and, and uh, you know we were split up and And I was out in the rain. Had some skateboard ramps that we had put in the backyard for the boys. And I was out there sitting in the rain. And I was just out there weeping. God, what do I do? This is it. And the voice of God spoke to me. If she never comes back, are you still going to serve me? And of course, my chest pumps up. Yeah, God, I'm still going to serve you. Let her stay away. No, I had to think about that thing. God had to know. I had to make a decision. And I said, yes, I'll still serve you if she doesn't come back. And then a few minutes later, I hear this in my spirit. This is not your battle. This is not your battle, Michael. Take your hands off of it. And go on. Now, did she come back two weeks from then? Oh no, no. God had to make sure he I, I was going to do what he what I what he asked me to do, and what I said. When you make a promise to God, you bet, you know you might forget it, but he don't. Almost a year went by. Yeah, yeah. Every two weeks going to pick the kids up and, you know, weekends and all that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, it was, and, and, and I, you know, and, and I would be crying. You know, God, I'm doing the right thing. And I don't see anything changing. Every time I saw Debbie, she'd be like, hey, hey, well, hey, you know, and I'd be looking good, you know, like I do now. And, and, and all my nice cologne, you know, and I was trying to impress her and get close to her so she could smell it, you know she'd be like get away went on for a year but God opened that door put us back together This it's been what 15 years now 15 years but God had to do a work in me see we got to quit blaming somebody else for our problems because we make the choices the place you are in your life right now is the sum total of all the decisions that you've ever made So you can't blame anybody, but you you can't go back and blame mom. You can't go and blame dad. Now I'm not saying they people didn't do things in your life, but you can't go the rest of your life blaming somebody. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive. Now what does confess mean? If you go to a courtroom and you confess that you're guilty, what does that mean? You take responsibility right okay i don't know why i need to say that four characteristics of a godly mother turning your bibles to first corinthians chapter 13 y'all know what that chapter is about <clears throat> lord jesus You know, the Word of God, like in that song that we sang, the Word of God, His promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I can say God's been faithful. Constant and faithful. You know what? What really surprises me is that God is constant and faithful in our life even though we're not that way with Him. After God's done so much in our life, when we get in situations and we think, it's over, this is it, I'm stick a fork in me, I'm done. We, come, we go through so many things like that, and we get in those different positions in our life where we're just crying out to God, God, it's over. And God's just sitting there saying, it ain't over. It's not over. Because I'm going to take all the bad. I'm going to take all the good. And somehow I'm going to mix it together and I'm going to, ooh, and I'm going to orchestrate. God is up in heaven orchestrating our lives. He sees the stuff going on everywhere we go, everything that we see, everything that we do, everything that, that we think. And he orchestrates it and in his word says, I will work it all together for your good and my glory I don't know how God does it and I'm glad I'm I'm not as smart as God his ways are above my ways his thoughts are way yonder above mine and sometimes I don't know we ask God for something and he answers it in a different way and at first we're shocked wow wow and our first thought, next thought is, well, I sure didn't think about doing it that way. Well, of course not, because he's smarter than you. We give God a situation, and we trust God. So what do we do while we're trusting God? We wait. What do we do while we wait? We praise. Well, I don't feel like praising. That's why they call it a sacrifice. I don't feel like doing the right. Why do I have to do the right thing? Why do I have to keep doing right and everybody else is doing wrong? Because God says, because that's what you're supposed to do. Lord Jesus. When most people think about mothers, they think of the word what? Love. Now, if you're in this room and... You don't think of your mother you don't think of love when you think of your mother because some people may not have a good relationship with their mom maybe she's still here on the earth maybe she's not but I would advise you if she's still on this earth and you don't have a good relationship with your mom make it right today today well I don't like the way she did this and I don't like that and I, she's still mom how many moms can say they've done everything right since she had kids Hmm. how many dads can say they've done everything right since they had kids i don't see one hand no we all mess up the bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of god We think of love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love suffers long. Boy, did my mom suffer (laughs) with me. Wow. And they suffer long and is kind. So those two go together, hopefully. It suffers long and it's kind at the same time. If you can master those two, just those two, (laughs) suffer long and be kind. It's hard to be kind. Look in the world. You know what? The devil don't even have to hide anymore. Right in your face now. Right in your face. Turn on the TV, you see it commercials, commercials, TV shows. There were shows we were watching. I said, nope, not no more. Click. And you have to worry about offending somebody. Gee. Back years ago, 50 years ago, I was what? Three? No. (laughs) The world has changed a lot in 50 years. For those of you that... Or above 50. And everything's blown out of proportion. You have a different opinion, you offend them. I remember when you could have different opinions with people, and they wouldn't be offended. They would stand there and talk with you about it. Me and my mother-in-law, Debbie's mother, called her Nana. Me and that woman agreed to disagree. We never saw eye to eye on a lot of things. Never. But you know what, back in 2010, her mom passed away around Mother's Day, or somewhere around in there, and my mom passed away in 2010 about three months later. That was a tough year. And I wish my mom was here now so she could see this. Because I am a testament of God's love and mercy. But me and her mom agreed to disagree and ne- never really got along. I think she just kind of put up with me, you know, and expecting the best out of me like my mom did. And it was always like that. But then about two or three months before she, her mom passed away, she wanted to talk to me. And I went in there, and, you know, she was bedridden. And I uh, went in and talked to her, and we apologized to each other. It was her idea. Because I didn't want to push nothing on her, you know. No, not Nana. We talked about it. We forgave each other. And the only request she had, she said, just take care of my daughter and my grandbabies. And that's what I've tried to do. Have I always hit the mark? No. No. I've always hit something. Not her. No, no, no. I've hit something. You know, when you aim at a bullseye, if you don't hit the bullseye, you're hitting something. We're not hitting the bullseye. we got to take better aim and hit the bullseye. Love suffers and is kind. Love does not envy. Mmm. Mmm. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Look at me how godly I am. Remember the story of the two people in the temple and the Pharisee was, God, look at me. I know I'm such a good person. I know the word. I know the law. I know this. I know that. I'm not like that dude over there. And that dude over there was the one that God was looking at. God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. You know, the way I live my life is a daily repentance. Repentance. I'm not saying I miss the mark every day, but, you know, there's work that needs to be done in me every day. Never get the ball puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Ouch. But, God, you just don't know what they did to me. Oh, yes, he does. It does not seek its own. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you pick up your cross cross is a symbol of death what does that mean that we lay our desires down it's not what I want but that's the way the world's living now we're in the world but not of it we deny ourselves, and that's hard to do when everybody around you wants something wow I don't know where you're going with this God uh, does not seek his own, it is not provoked, and it thinks. It, it it just thinks. Love thinks no evil. It just thinks no evil. Didn't say anything about doing evil, it says just, just think it, because see, God looks at our heart. And you got a lot of people saying, Well, I'm not out killing or robbing or stealing or all this stuff, but but if you have hate in your heart for somebody, that's the same thing. And let me tell you something, I had to deal with years, and God set me free. If a man looks on a woman with wrong thoughts in his heart, come on, guys. I mean, just look and think. Unless this is your wife, then I can look here and go, baby. (sighs) I'm sorry. I got sidetracked there. Uh, Does not rejoice in iniquity. Don't be happy when bad things happen to bad people. Don't be happy when bad things happen to good people. Well, they deserved it. Whoa. What do we deserve? What do we deserve? If not for the cross. Not for the cross. You know what? If you focus on the cross... Because that's why Jesus said it's finished. He took care of it all. But rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I will look this storm in the eye. Whatever's coming against you right now, if you're in the middle of a storm and a battle and you don't know what to do, you know what? Look this storm in the eye. And say to yourself, I won't fear because you're by my side. My first hope, going to God should not be your second or third choice. Going to God should be your first hope. And my last word, now and forever, let it rain, let it pour, I will sing. If y'all get a chance later today to look that video up, Rhett Walker, good to me, watch the video of him sitting there playing the piano in a swimming pool. I'm not going to tell you what happens. Just watch it. It's a really good song. Hallelujah. The mom's there. She's the real deal. Mom's the real deal. Mom's going to tell you how it is. You may not want to hear it how it is, but Mom's going to tell you how it is. How much time do I have? Thank you. Anybody else give me five more minutes? Uh, yeah, look at all him hands, all right, hallelujah. Uh, what mom is in public, she should be the same way at home. When we're at church, when we put on our smiling face, and all is great, and everybody's happy, and good morning, and praise God, and we know the language, and we can say this, and act like everything's fine, and then we walk out the door... Because, number one, when you get the word in you and you walk out of the church, who's going to hit you first? The enemy. Life. And he's going to try to steal everything that you just got. That's his job. And all he's got to make you do is doubt the word that much. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it wasn't because they ate the apple. It's because they didn't believe what God said. They didn't believe his word. The enemy twisted it. Did he really mean that? (laughs) She asked God for grace to be the woman he chose her to be for her family. This is four characteristics of a godly mother. Like I said, there's more than four. This is one. She would be able to be that woman for her family. If there's any way to confuse a child to the things of the Lord is to live a hypocritical lifestyle. That's not for you just for your children, but that's for everybody. They see you at church being one way and they see you out somewhere else. And, Wait a minute, is that the same person? Maybe they changed their hair color or something, I don't know. My wife said that she saw Stephen. Stephen, you still back there? <laughs> I see you, buddy. She said, I saw Stephen in the sound booth. I said, no, wait a minute, I was just at the soundboat. booth. That wasn't Stephen. Because I knew i just talked to the guy. And she said, no, Stephen was in the soundboat. So I walked back over and said, that's not Stephen. She said, no, he's over here. I said, and, and I saw him and I said, Stephen looks just like his dad. Good to see Stephen. Hadn't seen him in a while. Number two, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Are y'all still with me? I know you are Colleen. <laughs> Colleen's my front row person at home too. She keeps me on my toes. First Peter chapter five. Is that what I said? Yep. Hallelujah. Everybody got it? First Peter chapter five before I read the scripture let me write what, what I wrote down here she admits when she has failed this goes for dads too but a godly woman will admit when they fail we must humble ourselves before God every mother or father fails at parenthood let me see your hands come on if you made some mistakes at parenthood yeah let's see them come on well thank you for those that are being honest Uh, Every mother and father fails their parenthood without God giving us the strength we need to be more like him. Well, I don't like to fail. I don't want to fail. Well, no, nobody wants to fail. But I can tell you I've made some good choices in fatherhood and I've made some not so good choices. I've made good choices in my life and I've made not so good choices in my life. And I can tell you, choices that I made in my young adolescent years and my young teenage years, I'm still paying for today. And I'm 62. Some stuff just stays with you. Has God forgiven me? Yes. Yes, He's forgiven me. But that doesn't take, you know, consequences last. You don't think they last, look at the choices Abraham and Sarah made. Ouch. Be careful the choices you make. Don't rush into a decision. If somebody has to, if they ask me something and they need an answer right now, you know what I say? No. No, answer is no. You don't give me time to think about it if it's an important choice. Now, if they ask me, do you want to, you know, Coca-Cola or something, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll take one of them. But if it's an important choice, you better give me some time to think about it. Give me some time to think about it. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 7, it says, likewise, you younger people. How many younger people we got in here? Yeah, younger people, hallelujah. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. I'm not making this stuff up. Y'all are reading that, right? <laughs> You know, when I was raised, I was taught to say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And if my grandmother or granny even thought I was talking back to my parents, oh, gee. Don't you talk to your parents like that. But Don't do it. How many of you have eaten some soap in your life? Oh, wow. And it wasn't even saying some of the words you hear nowadays. Jesus. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For likewise you... young. Oh, I went back up to the top. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You need grace? Humble yourself before God. God, I don't know what to do in this situation. I need your wisdom. This is beyond me, God. This is way beyond me. Yes. Whoa. Well, I just had this. Whoa. Put down your pride. Put down everything, everybody. You think they think of you. Put down this persona that you think you have to hold before people. And be the person that God created you to be. Quit trying to be something you're not. Humble yourself. You want to know what God wants to do with your life? Humble yourself and ask him. And if you ask him, don't be shocked when he tells you. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Is there anybody else up there? Because it may be something that you haven't even thought of. God may be trying to get you in a direction, and you're so busy trying to be this and be this and be this, and God says, I didn't even call you to do that. You know, when I'm up ministering, the Spirit of God's moving, I'm a totally different person when I'm away from the church. When I'm not ministering, I mean I'm 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 a focused, I have OCD really bad, and I and I like that people are spread out here because if everybody was on this one side, it would just it'd be bugging me big time. She calls me a thorny rose, a thorny rose, because when I'm focused doing something, I don't want to be bothered. I'm, I'm on a task. I have to get it done. I have to get it done. I have to get it done. But that's the way I feel like God made me, you know. And and don't tell me vital information if I'm busy doing something. Unless you stop me and get my attention. Look at me, Michael. Because when I'm focused, I'm focused. And I, when I start a task, I want to finish it. <laughs> you know, about... Admitting that we failed and made bad choices. Uh, I've referred to this quite a few times. I know some of you, you may remember the Geico commercial. You know, it's funny when God speaks to you about certain things. And he speaks to me at really weird times. And I saw this Geico commercial for the first time, but I've seen it many times since then. You remember when all the young teenagers are, are running out of this haunted house or... Or the house, and they're, they're running out there. Oh, let's go hide in the cemetery, or let's go hide here. No, why don't we just get in the running car? Y'all remember that? And the guy says, Are you crazy? Let's go hide over where the chainsaws are. Now, here's where God spoke to me because all those kids are huddled behind all those chainsaws. And God said, This is how I see my children. We're all huddled there thinking we made the right choices. And the guy standing behind him lifts his mask up and he's going. Y'all remember that? God spoke to me and said, That's how I see my children. He says, I make a way of escape for him. Got a runny car right there. And they said, No, let's go to the cemetery. God still loves us. He has mercy on us. He's long suffering. But I still think sometimes he's sitting there going, oh, really? (laughs) Really? That's what you decided to do? That's what you're going to go with there, Michael, right? I will look this storm in the eye. And we we had young kids, now they're all adults, but I've watched Toy Story many times. <laughs> and the part where Buzz and Woody are going down the road in that car and they light the rocket. And Buzz and Woody are tied to each other and they're going straight up. This is a message for somebody. And this is where God spoke to me again. I like how he does that. But they're going up and I mean, the rockets and they're just. You know, shaking, and to and get to the end, and and Woody says, "Oh no!" And he heard the rocket do something. He said, "This is where we blow up." And what did Woody say? Not today. And his wings pop out. Now he doesn't fly. He was falling gracefully, but he knew what to do. But God spoke to me and said, "Not today." When the enemy comes against you and tells you it's over, this is it. You can say. Not today, put your hands on your hips like Woody did. Buzz? Not today, devil. I'm not worried about tomorrow, but not today. Because tomorrow take care of itself. Tomorrow take care of itself. Hallelujah. Number three, characteristics of a godly mother. She prays a lot about everything. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. We pray a lot about everything. I don't like making decisions without asking God what he thinks. It cuts down on the mistakes. Cuts down on the mistakes. You know, the Bible was given to us not as a book of rules of do's and don'ts and that's the way a lot of people look at it well I have to give this up and give this up if I come to God if I be a Christian all this I got to give up no God says here here's your roadmap. this is what I've written down for you and if you'll go by this your heartaches are going to be a whole lot less but if you choose not to go by this this is what's going to happen are you happy with that yeah give it to me But when God does all these things in our life, all through our life, and we come to Christ and we give our life to Christ, we confess him We confess Him as Savior. We accept him as Savior. Not that we're supposed to accept him, but we confess our sins. We need a Savior. We go to Jesus. He's our Savior. But you know what? He has to be Savior and what? Lord. He may be your Savior, but is he your Lord? I'm pretty sure he's everybody's savior in here I don't know I don't know where you stand with God but is he your Lord there's a difference he can be your savior but if he's not your Lord hmm somebody else has got your heart and believe me I know right now the world is pulling on everybody stand your ground and say not today Look in third John. Third John, back towards Revelation. I know y'all know what that is, but She prays a lot about everything, but the most important, the most important everybody say most important. You know, the most important thing that I, I know that my wife prays for and that we pray for is our children. I used to go and see my mom visit when she was still alive, and I'd go and talk to her and see her and talk to her, and and, and one of the things she always said was, I'm just concerned about my grandbabies. I'm concerned about my children, you know, and, and, and I'm always praying for my children and my grandchildren. I'd say, Mom, we're okay. We're good. Everything's fine. Now I know what she meant. Now I know what she meant. If you got children, grandchildren wow I'm here because my grandmother prayed for me I'm here because my mother prayed for me and a bunch of other people but keep praying for those children keep praying we have four kids six grandkids and I can tell you what that's most of our praying what do we pray for them? I'm glad you ask. I saw that on a bumper sticker the other day. It was on the back of a car. It said, what do you pray about your children? I thought, how convenient. That's what I want to talk about now. <laughs> Some of y'all going, what? Yeah. 3 John one four. I have no greater joy. Listen. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What kind of legacy do you want to leave as a mom, as a grandmother, as a father, grandfather? What kind of legacy do you want to leave for your kids and your grandkids? You know what? To me, I just want them to know that God is the answer. And that when you walk with God, not everything is going to be rosy. Jesus said, in this world, in this life, There will be trials. There will be tribulation. And you will be hated for my namesake. Do you see that today? Just because you claim the name of Jesus, you are hated. You're all kind of things because we offend people. when we stand before God I wonder who's going to be offended then don't rejoice for the bad things that happen in people's lives understand this that we will all stand before God and you pray for these people even the evil people you know the last two or three years especially the last year Jesus Jesus You see faces and you see people doing this and doing that and saying this and saying that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's easy to get an attitude of anger and resentment towards those people. And you try not to. Because the enemy will put a face with that anger. And every time you see that face, you think, "Mm, God ought to just smite them. But God said, I love them just as much as I love you. Now that's hard. You pray for these people, Lord. Let them find salvation. Let them come to know you as Savior and Lord. It's scary. It's scary. No greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You want to leave a good legacy? Walk it out. Don't tell somebody one thing and you do something totally different. You know what character is? When nobody's around watching you, how do you live? What are you thinking about? What are you looking at? What are you listening to? Oh, it's okay when nobody's around because nobody knows. Ouch. I used to think that. I used to think, boy, nobody knows this. I mean, I'm not hurting anybody. No, but you know what I was doing? I was trampling under my foot the blood of Jesus. Taking his blood that he shed and taking it for granted. And that's what we do. Be the same in private as you are in public. Because God your Father is watching. You know what's another scary verse in the Bible? To me. The Bible says on the day of judgment, every man will give an account thereof of every idle word that they've spoken. Oh. I can't think of how many words I've spoken. But it's all been recorded. But you know what? If you've repented and you've asked forgiveness, it's under the blood. If you haven't, you're walking a thin wire. Well, God's grace, he'll forgive me. Yes, God's grace. We had a person in our church, you know, for many years, older gentleman, and he used to call it greasy grace. People thinking they can live any old way they want to live, and I go back to God and ask him, forgive me, he'll forgive me. Yeah, he'll forgive you. But is that the way you want to live your life? You want to take that chance? Y'all, I'm just about done. I really am. Number four. And this is the one I really wrestle with. Because I'm guilty of it. You know, but when the truth, when the truth is the truth, if it don't convict you, you better check yourself. If the Word of God is not convicting you anymore, if you can just willfully sin and not think anything about it until days later, you are in a bad place. You are playing Russian roulette. Number four, she does not treat her blessings or children as a burden. I remember our kids were little, and boy, it was constant go, 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 go. But you know, back in your 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, you got all that energy. She don't treat her children or blessings, and the Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. Turn over to Psalms 127-3. Psalms 127-3. I remember my wife told me this uh, after our, our oldest son was born and uh, it was almost 11 months later well she had a brother that had I get now, now understand this she had a brother that had a baby her and him and his wife had a baby on Easter one year and another one on Christmas the same year no they weren't twins <laughs> and I made fun of him I laughed at him and she said, you better not. Better not do that. Better not do that. Well, after our oldest son was born, I remember coming home from work one day, and it was, I don't know how much long. she said, do you believe children are a blessing from the Lord? Uh, yeah. Good, because we're going to have another blessing. Amen. Psalms 127, 3. Behold. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a gift of God to us. They are placed in our care to raise them, to love them, to teach them the way the Bible says, you know, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, and my wife said that yesterday, and I was thinking, how old do the kids have to be for they they come back, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, you know, teach them. Train them up in the way they should go. Uh, but three, uh, uh, behold, children are here of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. His reward. Yeah. Love your kids. Pray for your kids. You know, what, what we've had trouble with sometimes is we give our advice to our kids, and then we want them to follow that advice, <laughs> and they don't always do it, but that's why we pray, Lord, you make them the person you created them to be. I would love to see my kids this way or that way or that way, and and thank God, hallelujah, praise God that my kids are not strung out on drugs, they're not in and out of prison, Uh, No, they don't do everything that I think they ought to do, but I'm not God. I'm just Dad. I'm just Dad. And I love them and I want the best for them. And my grandkids. And all we can do is trust God. And pray that God works in their life. And when you get away from them, you cry to God. Just cry. Because the Bible said God draws near to those with a broken heart. We was at my son's house yesterday and uh, got to meet. I don't want to point where my son is. (laughs) He don't like to be drawn attention to. <laughs> but anyway, I got to meet Emily's grandmother. And I was sitting there talking to her. And uh, she was asking me, she said, you know, how does, what do I do if I lost my husband in April? I wasn't thinking last month. I lost my husband in April, and I don't, I don't know how to deal with all this. You know, it's just, it's hurt. You know, it's the grieving and... And, you know, he was all this to me and this and that. And and I was thinking it was last year. But then I got to thinking, I remember Emily lost her grandpa just a few weeks ago. And I thought, well, no wonder it's so fresh. No wonder. I can't imagine if she goes before me. I'm just going to be lost. And two or three years ago, I thought I was going to go first because I had a massive heart attack. I remember laying in the emergency room. And I was laying there, and I thought my next breath, Ruth, I was going to be in the face of Jesus. I did because I, I couldn't breathe. And every time I took a breath, it was just like somebody was sticking something right in the middle of my chest. And I was upset because I was hurting so bad, and I remember looking, seeing two of my boys standing there. And, the, you know, that, this was when they... Let them come in the emergency room. And they were crying. They had to walk out of the room. And I just thought, I'm fixing to go see Jesus. And all about that time, I had this peace fall over me. And Debbie explained, she said, I just saw him change. He just had this calm. You know why? Because I was ready. (laughs) Or let me say this. I wasn't ready. I was prepared. Nobody's ready to leave their family behind. But I was prepared. And Debbie was standing over me. No, no, he's not going. No, 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 no. And she was just praying over me. Oh, no, God. No, no, no. No. He's not leaving me here with all this. so the devil tried to take my life a year later he tried to do it again second heart attack have I slowed down? nope I'm not going to live in fear now I try to take care of myself but when I'm out working I just work I just go if I'm out there and I fall out doing something I enjoy I'm going to go with a smile on my face because I know where I'm going do you know where you're going? we may not be ready but you better be prepared one more story out of the Bible I know you all know it turn over to 1 Kings I just thought we needed to tell this still with me back there Stephen It's good to see you. Haven't seen you in so long. First Kings. It's good to see you too, Heather. Really. Such a blessing. You've always been such a blessing. Remember back when we had that uh, skating party out on the base? You were just a little kid. (laughs) Long time. Well, we won't say that. Yeah, 1 Kings chapter 3 this story is about King Solomon and we all know that King Solomon was wise you know God asked him what he wanted he could have said a whole bunch of things if God ever asked you what you wanted you had to think about it King Solomon all he wanted was wisdom if God asked you if you could have anything in the world how many of us would say wisdom hmm Hmm. like our youngest son Caleb used to say, now let me think. <laughs> but Solomon says, I want wisdom. Well, in this situation, he had to use wisdom. Some of y'all already know what it's about. All right, let me read the scripture. Uh, if I turn to the right book, I was going to say those don't look like the right words. First Kings, I was in second. Y'all still with me? Look to your neighbor and say, I'm still awake. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I like watching Andy, you know, and I don't know if y'all watch Andy Griffith, but I love watching Andy Griffith. There's always a lesson in something. And and I remember the time they were in church and it got this new pastor and he's just, you know, he's got this monotone voice and, and and you know goober's the first one he you know gomer he falls asleep and somebody bumps him and then andy and barney are sitting beside each other and barney starts nodding out you know and andy bumps him a little bit so if somebody's going to sleep i just kind of nodge him a little bit he's almost done he's going to shut up i promise hallelujah first kings i'm in the right book now chapter 3 Verses 16 through 28. I'm going to just read them, okay? 16 through 28. Then two women who were harlots came to the king, Solomon, and stood before him. And one woman said, Oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell in the same house, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Then it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth. Two women in the same house giving birth. Wow. Wow. And this woman also gave birth, and we were together. There was no one with us in the house except the two of us in the house. That's the only two that were in there. That's kind of odd. Uh, verse 19, and this woman's son died in the night. Her son died and, and because she lay on him. She smothered him, basically, smothered him. Uh, verse 20, so she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child on my bosom swap babies because she had rolled over on hers I've heard of that happening before I'm sorry is this thing still on? okay probably the battery's running down right uh, so she rose in the middle of the night took my son from my side while you made some slept and slept and laid him on your bosom and laid her dead child on my bosom and when I rose in the morning to nurse my son there he was dead but when I examined him in the morning, indeed he was not my son whom I had born. Mom, if you give birth to that baby and you look at him, you know what you know that's your baby. And that one don't look nothing like me." <laughs> and the other woman said, "No, but the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. You hear what's going on? accusing each other. And the living one is my son. They spoke, thus they spoke before the king. Let's go talk to the king about this. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives. And your son is the dead one. And the other one says, no, but your son is the dead one. My son is living. Whoa. What? Can you imagine the confusion going on there? Then the king said, bring me a sword. so he's with the sword so they brought a sword before the king and the king said divide the living child in two and give one half to one and the other half to the other they're fixing to cut this youngin in half I'll solve this Solomon already knew Solomon already knew then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king for she yearned with compassion for her son and she said oh my lord give her the living child and by no means kill him but the other said let him be neither mine nor yours but divide him so the king answered and said give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him she is his mother that's a mother's love there are many things that I could say more about mothers, but my time is way up. Pastor Norris, I'm, go- I'm, I'm sorry I've gone over. You know, you can say and do anything to a mom, but you start messing with them kids. I don't care if you're the dad or not. <laughs> Don't get, on to my, <clears throat> don't get on to my child. There ain't no reason. <sighs> Same thing like a mama bear. If you're ever in the woods and you come between a mama and her cubs, oh, gee, you better start praying. And don't pray that that bear becomes a Christian because he'll just thank God for his food. If there's two of y'all in the woods, you gotta run from a bear, all you gotta do is outrun that person, not the bear. <laughs> Don't matter how fast you are with a bear, you just gotta be faster than your friend. Mm. I wanna ask this question. And I know it's gotta be true. That's what God's been speaking to me this whole time. There's at least one person in this room. The relationship with your mom is not the way it needs to be. The relationship with your grandmother, the relationship with your children, is not where it needs to be. And you've been fighting this battle, you've been carrying all this hurt, all this resentment, and you're waiting for something to just change it. Well, I can tell you what. I've got your answer. It's God. You can't wait for that person to come straightening out with you. You've got to drop your pride. I don't care if you did anything or not. That's not the point. The point is, you be a woman of God or a man of God, if that's what you claim to be. And you go to God and say, God, I'm going to take the first step. I remember years ago, God spoke to me in our church. We had 20 or 30 people in our church. And God spoke to me and told, this was like in October or November. And God spoke to me and said, everybody in the church needs to forgive. Everybody in their life. And he told me to speak to him, and I did. And he said, they have to the end of this year to take care of this. So that was two or three months. And I told that, and they were taking care of relationships. They were apologizing. They were taking care of this and that. And I remember New Year's Eve night. Debbie was being hard-headed. She came to me. It was about an hour before midnight. She was crying. She said, "I didn't want to do this. What? What have I done now?" And I'm gonna tell you what. In all of our years of marriage, that was the most.